It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. into Locked On Cougars, a podcast special coming to you live from the BYU Broadcasting Building. I'm joined by a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of the podcast. Another podcast I like to listen to likes to call them GFOPs. Some of you may know that reference, but he is Sean Walker from KSL.com. This is kind of in conjunction with his podcast series on the KSL Campus Report. Sean, how are you, my friend? Live from Embassy Row. Uh, let's see the crap part of Soho or <laughs> West Hollywood from from the crap part of West Provo. Don't come after us, NBC Sports, please. <laughs> we don't have the money to compete with your Leviathan over there. But, but Jake, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. It's yeah. always a pleasure to be on the number one daily BYU exclusive podcast on the grand old interwebs. Well, I think we're the only one, so I'll take it. Uh, hey, you know what? Take what you can get. I'll take it. Um, just a reminder for people, if you want to find us, this podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also the new Himalaya Podcast app. Fantastic new app, new technology going into it. I have found myself, Sean, you know this, I, I've been a long time Apple Podcast user. I used Apple for a long time as what I used to. I've actually made the shift a little bit over to this Himalaya app and I've really enjoyed it. So encourage you guys to check that out if you're looking for a new podcatcher. It's a good way to start off. All right, Sean, let's get down to business here. Mark Pope officially introduced earlier this afternoon as the new head coach of the BYU basketball program, a two-week-plus search, if you want to call it a search. I think we all kind of had him pegged as the guy going into this. But what does it feel like to you, the overall vibe from that press conference was? I mean, it felt like BYU identified their guy, as soon as they knew officially that Dave Rose was stepping away from the basketball mm-hmm. program, they went after their guy, and it took a little longer than expected, yes, I think. Yes, it did. But they, in the end, they got their guy. And for various reasons, maybe we can go into some of them, maybe we, maybe we won't. It took, I think, a little longer than even a, a lot of fans, a lot of media, and a lot of outside observers noticed. But in the end, um, Mark Pope was the number one candidate for this job. Yeah, uh, and and there were. That's not to say that there weren't other candidates. That there weren't other very qualified candidates. I have a few personal favorites, even outside of Mark Pope, and I I love Pope to death. I've covered him at UVU the last four years. Yeah, um, pretty heavily. Um, but Mark Pope was the number one candidate, uh, and BYU made sure to get their number one guy, even when there were times during the the past two weeks of this coaching search, Jake, when when it wasn't necessarily a sure thing. Well, I did a podcast saying that the longer we waited, the worse I thought it looked in terms of the chances to get Mark Pope. And that was just people talking to me about this and kind of my overall vibe of it. But like you said, BYU in the end landed their big fish. They landed the guy they wanted to land. And now he is the new head coach of the BYU basketball program. I think that my overall vibe is that Mark Pope is very much energized like he always is, but he is ready to go and have success at BYU. Yeah, it's, I, I talked with Chris Burgess, his longtime assistant for the past four years yeah. at UVU uh, earlier today, and, and the word he kept using about Pope was, was energy. 
um, okay. excitement, enthusiasm. It, he, he's a guy who is a 24-7 relentless worker. He gets after it. He loves the, he loves to grind. He loves kind of the minutia of college basketball. Um, he's a guy who's not just a basketball coach, but he's also a basketball businessman. Yeah. He's a basketball showman. He's a basketball media relations expert. He's <laughs> yeah. phenomenal with the media. Um, he knows how to work with boosters. I mean, UVU just barely opened up a brand spanking new multi-million dollar practice facility just up the road, and they did it much quicker than BYU got their own Marriott Center annex, which the annex is a wonderful building. Um but the Nuvi Basketball Center, I believe it's called. Yes, they're, they're at UVU. Nuvi Basketball Facility, maybe. Yeah, but. the the Nuvi Practice Center, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, I, I forget the exact name, but but that building right next yeah. to the UCCU Center, um, that went up much quicker yeah, than did. the Marriott Center annex, and I think that is about as big of a credit to Pope as the rest of his basketball career. I mean, back to back program records for win totals: twenty five wins and twenty six wins this this year. Uh, at UVU, he won 77 games in four years. He took a team that, for I think the extent of the Ken Palm era, or at least most of it, uh, Utah Valley was sub 200 in those, those annual rankings. They were a sub 200 Ken Palm team. And some years sub um, 300. Yeah, a, a couple of times, certainly. Yeah. Um, and he took a team like that, and he took them into the top 100 this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's think about that for a second. Like, that is that is incredible. Being able to do that at UVU, Utah Valley University, a place that in my lifetime, in your lifetime, you're younger than me even, but even in your lifetime, this was a junior college. Well, I, I grew up a block away from this university, <laughs> for speaking of UVU. I've seen it literally grow up before my eyes. And like you said, I'm still relatively young, but it truly was impressive what he did with that university. He's got some lifting to do here at BYU, but he also does have pieces. Mark, uh, Mark Pope comes into a situation where the, cupboard, the cupboard's not bare here at BYU. I know a lot of people think with Yoli Childs leaving, and reports are he's not even reconsidering, despite the news today about coming back. There's still talent on this roster he can work with. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of talent out there. I mean, and... and, and Mark Pope is going to be able to recruit additional talent. Part of that recruiting process over the next couple of weeks is he's probably going to have to re-recruit some of these players, and some of them will fit into his system, and some of them will want to go elsewhere. Um, that's just the reality of college basketball in these days. So if you see some some kids here at BYU that decide to transfer away, I know BYU fans don't necessarily like hearing that very often because this is yeah. this is compared to the rest of college basketball a very stable program. Mm-hmm. Um, but if guys decide that. You know, they need a change of scenery. They need to go elsewhere. They need a, a different type of system. That's not an indictment on the program. That's not an indictment on Mark Pope. It's just simply, it's, it's I mean, it's a fact here in college basketball. Yeah. Um, so Pope does have talent, and he does have some space, a little bit of wiggle room to go out and maybe find some guys, some immediate impact, whether they're graduate transfers or straight-up transfers, junior college players. Um, he does also have restrictions yes. academically in mm-hmm. terms of how he can get some of these players into BYU. But if there's a coach in America that can work within those restrictions and within transfers that he he got to be very good at at UVU, I think it's Mark Pope. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think that he is going to have to kind of finesse things a little bit because he did build UVU's program on mass transfers. He won't be able to bring in nearly as many at BYU, I would assume, as he did at UVU. But I do like 
that he is motivated. He said, he, I asked him the question, like, what are you, what's your recruiting philosophy? He says, we're going to use every avenue possible that can help us get talent. And I think, Sean, that uh, this is holds true for UVU as well as BYU. I think you can expect some player attrition from both programs. Because Pope said in his press conference, I'll let people know right now, we're going to play the press conference in its entirety in the next segment. You'll be able to hear it from directly from his mouth. He said he went and talked to the players and said, you guys have the unfortunate situation of being here when your co- a new coach comes in that did not recruit you. And it is a tough deal because you commit to play for one coach and this other coach shows up. Some of them have an existing relationship with Pope from his time coaching here before, but there are other guys that committed to Dave Rose's staff that may reconsider now that there's a new, new sheriff in town. And there is a little bit of, of a prior relationship with Pope. I think that's part of the advantage of, of going after a guy who was so close, just four yeah. and a half miles up the road at UVU. Is, is, um, here, here's a dirty little secret in basketball as well, in college athletics in this state, Jake. And, and you're probably aware of this. Some of your listeners might know this, but others probably don't. Um, these guys know each other. What? All right, I'm whispering that really, really softly. Hold on, what? Yeah, but these guys, whether it's at BYU, UVU, uh, Utah State, maybe even the dreaded U-word up north in Salt Lake City, (laughs) they know each other, they play with each other. Some of them are even friends sometimes. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. Um, So it's it's not like Mark Pope is coming in from completely out of nowhere and he has absolutely no relationship with any of these guys at BYU. He's still going to be able to work with that relationship. He's going to be able to get to know the guys a little bit better, um, convince them, you know, what's going to work under his system and, and, and what won't. And he'll keep the guys that want to be around, that want to be at BYU, that want, want to maybe adapt to how he wants to play. And then he's going to work with them to find the best situation for them. If that, you know, if that includes going somewhere else or yeah. graduating early or whatever. No, I, I, yeah, I would tend to agree with you. And, There is going to be an interesting setup here because I believe Jay Drew had a great article in the Salt Lake Tribune talking. He had talked to the either the player or the two other coaches that um, that the coaches, the players that BYU had signed in this last recruiting class, and they all three of them indicated they were waiting to hear the announcement of who the head coach was going to be, and they'd reevaluate. I would expect that Mark Pope should be able to sell these young men and make sure that they're they're all in with this program. Bernardo da Silva, um, I'm forgetting the names all of a sudden. They, uh, you got uh, Shung Zhe Li. Yeah, Shung Zhe Li, and then also... And Nate Hansen Nate from Hansen Tim from Tim Fiu. The closest one I forget, yeah. of course. Well, that's... Off. That's and, bad on my part. And, and Nate, ironically, is probably he's going to be the last one from this group to come in because yes. I believe he's already got his uh, mission, mission call. call. His yep. church mission he does. Call. Um, and so there may be some, some wiggling around and that sort of thing uh, in terms of his scholarship. But I know that um, I covered Wasatch Academy a, yeah. a little bit during this past year on the prep scene, and I know that Bernardo da Silva wants to be at BYU in particular um, because that was always a question. He's not LDS. Or he's yes. not MOTC, OJC, OLDS. I'm in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <laughs> yes. Um, he, but he's, he's grown up in this area for, for a little while. He's, uh, he's got coaches there at Wasatch Academy, guys like David Evans, who are and who have explained to him BYU and the BYU lifestyle and that sort of thing. He knows all about that, and he wants, he, he wants some of that. Mm-hmm. So he definitely wants I, – I know Bernardo da Silva definitely wants to be here at BYU. Um, and I haven't spoken with Lee in particular. Uh, you, you can pronounce his first name better than me. Shengsi. 
Shengzhe. Shengzhe Li. Yeah. I, um, that, that also, I might be pronouncing it wrong. And don't, let me, don't get too far into the weeds here. There are four tones in the Chinese language, and it could be Shengzhe. Shengzhe. Uh, there's multiple ways it could be. I'm just going to go with Shengzhe Li. Shengzhe. Call, call it like it is. But he's a guy out of Southern California. He's an international guy, of course, as native of Shanghai, China. BYU is very thin on the front line. The two guys I really feel like they needed to make sure that they firm up, Bernardo da Silva, Shengzhe Li, because that's your front line of coming in. You need to have them for depth purposes at the very minimum. Yeah, and this is the guy who replaces probably your two biggest losses. Yeah. These are the two guys who replace probably your two biggest losses next year in Luke Worthington, the the big Sixton center, um, who is graduating, his eligibility is lapsing, and, uh, and Yoli Childs. But I see Bernardo da Silva in particular as a guy who can fill those shoes, really, really big shoes of Yoli. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be immediately as good or as impactful, but he's very much that same type of player. Yep. Um, he plays a very similar type of game. He's that big body, not quite a four, not quite a five, can occasionally step out and hit a three mm-hmm. every now and then. Um, I, I think you've got a little bit of kind of a Yoli Jr. in, in terms of, of Bernardo da Silva. Yeah, sure. absolutely. And the biggest I th- biggest advantage, I think, Shengja, not to change the but I, I agree with you on Bernardo. He's got like the, the body type to be more that Yoli. What I like about Shengja Lee he has a he has a college body already. He's not a six foot eleven rail thin dude. Two hundred and fifty pounds. He's thick. He's thick. He'll be able to he'll be able to hang with guys as a freshman. So that's the good sign there. All right, Sean. Of course, uh, no coach is complete without a, a solid assistant coaching staff. We don't know who Mark Pope's going to hire as his assistants. I think you can look at a list of guys and kind of pick and choose who you think would be great for him. And it'll be interesting to see what of that comes out. He said in his thing, he said, I'm pretty far along in that process with guys. I would assume at least one of his UVU assistants comes over with him. Speaking of Cody Fuger, Eric Daniels, or Chris Burgess. But I also expect those three guys to be in the mix to replace him at UVU. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think the guy that I would tap as most likely to follow Pope here also has experience as former director of basketball operations at BYU and Cody Fieger. Yeah. Um, he was just named the interim head coach at Utah Valley. Okay. So whether or not that impacts his sort of candidacy as an assistant coach, um, or maybe even for the head co- the full-time head coaching job at UVU, I think is yet to be seen. If I'm a UVU administrator, one of the first guys on that I'm trying to get on the phone is, is going to be Chris Burgess to bring him in and, and yeah. put him through the full process and see if he's ready to be a full-time assistant coach or, uh, excuse me, a full-time head coach yeah. after just four years of being a full-time assistant coach mm-hmm. um, is, is where I was going. But I, I think Burgess is going to be very squarely in the mix to take over Pope's program at UVU because he knows the system. He knows the guys. He knows how they want to play. He knows kind of the academic structure yeah. of UVU um, and how to bring – pull guys in and out of the program and that sort of thing. That That's another thing it, that we didn't even touch on with Mark Pope was he had a very good track record in terms of graduating players. He did. Which I know basketball fans don't necessarily care about, but that's important to administrators and that's important to the overall health of a program is being able to get kids from one end of the classroom and out the other end mm-hmm. by the time they leave uh, their eligibility, or at least within a year or two. Absolutely. And the, the administrators at colleges, that APR rating reigns overall. So anything that they can do to up that rating or to maintain it or improve it, they're all for that. How funny would it be, though, the Chris Burgess story, after all these years, 
he still ends up at BYU. Come on. Let's get Roger Reed on the line to find out how he feels about that. We also get, I had Patrick Kinahan on the regular edition of Locked On Cougars earlier today, and I kind of want to have him back on and say, PK, you wrote the story. You got the quote of nine, you letting, you're letting nine million Mormons down at the time. How does it feel to be on the cusp of seeing a whole other branch of that story come about almost two decades, more than two decades later? I was, I was, I'll be honest, Jake, I was a little bit surprised when I walked in to the uh, press conference room here in Studio A at the BYU Broadcasting Center, and right after me, almost immediately following me, was the six foot ten guy from Kurt, by, from uh, the University of Utah by way of Duke named Chris Burgess, like <laughs> almost literally right behind me. I'm going, oh, I didn't quite expect to see you on this <laughs> campus, but welcome. <laughs> yeah. no, it's the truth. That's the thing. It, it, Obviously, he's good friends with Mark Pope and everything. Yeah, he's worked with him yeah. for four years. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. He's got the, the whole staff was here. There were several people from UVU that were here. Like, don't read too much into me making a joke, guys, but... No, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me to see Burgess here at BYU, but it would shock me a lot less to see him in the head coaching conversation. I think at UVU, I'm with you on that. I do know or not know, but I do believe that if they could get him here to BYU, it would be an asset in terms of recruiting big men. Cause you think about it, you'd have two guys that played at a very high level, the collegiate level. Mark Pope played in the NBA for quite a while. Burgess also had his opportunities professionally. They can coach Played big, briefly in the NBA and then I think yeah. a 12 year career overseas. overseas. Yeah. He had, a, he had the proverbial cup of coffee in the NBA, but then went and made money overseas for, you said more than a decade. Great that, career in Dubai. Yeah. That would be an asset in recruiting. If you have both of those working together, I know that Pope on his own can say, Hey guys, I've played for all these coaches in the NBA. I played in the NBA. I won a national title at Kentucky, all that, but having another coach on staff who is a six foot 10 dude who has done it at the highest level can't can't hurt but you're right i i'm not i'd be less surprised if he's in the mix for the head coaching job just up the road here versus him coming as an assistant for mark pope and speaking of recruiting i think another key to the staff will be finding a guy who can keep the byu recruiting pipeline open yeah and and in that regard i would love to see quincy lewis find a role on this staff well is quincy gonna be in the mix up the road as well stay tuned yeah i know that'll be interesting but you're right quincy lewis would be a massive massive retention project to keep him here he has the continuity continuity with the current players he was in essence the defensive coordinator i guess on this team this past year he called a lot of the defensive sets for byu so having him and his knowledge of the program and just his overall acumen as a coach would be a big time boon to what mark pope's staff could potentially look like and just contacts, whether it's at Utah yeah. High School, whether yeah. it's with Utah High School coaches. He spent 12 years at Lone Peak, obviously. Um, he's a 10 graduate. He knows coaches on the Wasatch Front, and he knows the AAU circuit on the Wasatch Front. He's very well connected to AAU coaches around here. Um, I think Quincy would be a, a very big-time asset to keep around on this staff if he has any intentions and any desire of sticking around Provo. And if you want to talk about recruiting... Eric Daniels is the son of legendary assistant coach Donnie Daniels, who is going to retire. He's retiring, or he's already retired. Most recently of Gonzaga, spent time at Utah. He's got to have learned some things from his old man. Come on. That's a good look. Bring Eric Daniels over and put him on the staff. Let's just put it this way. Looking at all these different options for potential assistant coaches, I think Mark Pope is going to have a good list to select from.
Yeah, and probably um, uh, what what's what's the saying? A really good problem to have in terms of calling it down, because then you're not even talking about guys who de- who really want to be here at BYU, yeah. like Lee Kamard, who's just barely getting exactly. in. And I thought yeah. he proved very well in his first season as a full-time assistant coach. And he has overseas connections. Yeah, lots of them. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, there there are going to be options. There are going to be people that – Tom Homo said it in introducing Pope, is, is there were people who want to be here at BYU – um, in the head coaching search, but also in terms of assistant coaches that want to be at BYU. And if you're worried about how much of a BYU guy is Mark Pope, mm-hmm. you know, he's a Kentucky graduate. He doesn't yeah. have a ton of experience and exposure on the Wasatch front. If you're really worried about that, then I think the key is to surround him with people who are BYU guys. Yeah, Bring in truth. people on his staff who want to be here and who want this program to succeed at least as much, if not more than he does. To, to build up that overall program. We'll get a fellow outsider who's got a vested interest in this program regardless. Get the mad dog here. He's probably going to get cut loose. With, I'm speaking of Mark Madsen. Uh, he was in the mix for the head coaching job here. I assume he's also in the mix at UVU, but come on. Get Mark Madsen, the mad dog. He can dance for all the recruits, and they're really going to have a good time Bring with that. the mad dog to Provo. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I would love it. All right, Sean, let's take a time out here. We'll come back on the other side. We'll play the entirety of the press conference. You'll hear Tom Homo introduce Mark Pope, his opening statements, et cetera, and also the Q&A session that he held with the media. That's coming up next right here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Welcome back to the Locked On Cougars podcast. Reminder for you guys, when you're out and about in your vehicle, you can catch up on this podcast when you're driving around. All you got to do is plug in your smart device and tell it, play podcast Locked On Cougars. Makes it real easy to stay up to date on the latest in BYU news. This is a special edition of the Locked On Cougars podcast. I'm Jay Catch, joined by my good friend and also a great friend of the podcast, Sean Walker from KSL.com. He also has his podcast series, the KSL Campus Report. Check that out. It's available everywhere. Podcasts are available similar to this one. All right, Sean, let's get to it. This is the entirety of the press conference that Mark Pope held earlier today and BYU held for him to introduce him as the head coach of BYU. Let's get to it, and we'll have some thoughts on the other side. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this press conference today. I'd like to thank you all for coming. It's great to see you here. I'd also like to welcome and thank President Kevin J. Worthen, our BYU president and uh, Matt Richardson, Advancement Vice President, who oversees athletics. I'd like to thank the players, former players, some of our great supporters who are here today, and uh, of course the Pope family sitting here in the front row. Welcome home. Um, it gives me great pleasure today to be able to introduce our new basketball coach, Mark Pope. And I just want to say, make one comment. Brian Santiago, who's uh, the deputy AD and the director or uh, basketball administrator and I have had an incredible opportunity and experience over the last 
uh, number of days to be able to talk to former players at BYU, former coaches at BYU, and candidates for this job who wanted this job bad. And it was such a great feeling to be able to still feel the energy, the enthusiasm, the excitement of BYU basketball. And when all was said and done, it all pointed to Mark Pope as our next basketball coach. And so without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Mark Pope. Mark. I have a speech that's several pages long, so... Uh, I'd like to thank um, uh, certainly President Wordland and Matt Richardson and, of course, Tom and Brian. Uh, we spent a lot of time together the last week or so. Uh, some might say that it's harder to gain top, se top secret security clearance to the CIA than it is to become a BYU basketball coach. But it's been an unbelievable opportunity not only to hear from them, about what they feel about this institution and how extraordinary this place is, but also to hear from them about how they think that BYU can grow and it can continue to fulfill its mission. It was an unbelievable opportunity to spend time with them. Um, uh, this place is like nowhere else. Um, it, is, it is a beacon on a hill, and it is such an honor and a privilege uh, to have the opportunity to be uh, the head men's basketball coach here at Brigham Young University, and I, I couldn't be more proud or more excited. There is a standard of excellence here uh, in everything that happens on this campus, and certainly uh, there's a standard of excellence that's been set with this basketball program and incredibly high expectations, and that is one of the most enticing things to me about um, taking over this position, is those high expectations and the way we'll be able to embrace them. Uh, my first meeting, um, you know, the, the, this basketball cycle, uh, this coaching carousel is really interesting. And so my first meeting uh, with Brian and Tom um, was actually on the Marriott Center floor. We had, um, uh, they'd called me the day before and I was flying back into town. And we had originally talked about um, trying to find some secluded secret spot to meet. Um, but we quickly realized that there was probably no need for that because our media here is so on top of it that there were really no secrets of this entire process. But walking on the Marriott Center floor and having uh, Tom and Brian kind of stand there and both hit me up and tears come to their eyes and their faces turn red with passion like any BYU fan everyone has seen. Um, it, it, was, it was such a huge deal to me to feel how badly they want to continue winning and win bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was really inspiring to me. It was one of the, the, one of the special things about this place that, that, that makes me want to be here so badly. Um, I've been really fortunate to have worked with unbelievable people in the professional basketball, starting with my high school coach, Rich Belcher, one of the great high school coaches of all time. Really privileged to be with him. And then Lynn Nance at University of Washington and Rick Pitino, who continues to be a mentor for me in basketball at the University of Kentucky. And then great coaches throughout my NBA career like Rick Carlisle and George Carl and, and, um, and Don Chaney. And, uh, and it was blessed as a player. And then as a, as a coach, uh, one of my big-time great mentors is Mark Fox, who uh, I worked for at the University of Georgia and is now at Cal Berkeley. 
um, and learn incredible lessons from him. Uh, had the opportunity to work for Jeff Bizdelic at Wake Forest, who now is the uh, head assistant coach uh, in, in the NBA for the Houston Rockets, doing a great job with them. And then I had the unbelievable opportunity. In fact, I begged him for the opportunity to come here and learn from Dave Rose, who is a legendary co uh, coach here and, and has set a, a bar so high uh, that it, it, it tantalizes all of us to see if we can actually jump over it. So I've been really blessed in that. But my number one mentor, Without doubt, there's no close second, is Leanne Pope, my, my wife. And um, w all of us get to walk this journey. Um, and she is, uh, she, is, she is the smartest person I know. Uh, she's the most beautiful person I know. She is the funniest person I know. <laughs> and she is going to be a gift to this university. Um, my former employer, uh, uh, Matt Holland, was the president of Utah Valley um, when I went there, and we would do a lot of speaking together, and we would go speak, and he would always say to everybody the truth of the fact that he hired me to get her. And uh, Tom and Brian and BYU knows that too, and so she's going to be an unbelievable gift to this university, as well as my four incredibly talented and beautiful daughters. So I'm so grateful for them. Um, so um, this kind of whirlwind for me the last few weeks, there's been a lot of, a lot of uh, conversation and a lot of jobs out there, and it came into very specific relief for me several days ago when I actually, a thought crossed my mind that I had used as a recruiting pitch here at BYU. And it was this, and it just came to me in a moment. It was like, of all these places, where do you want to win the most? Where can you go win and it will mean the most on every level? And there's no doubt in my mind that it is here. And that's why I'm here. I think that's why we're here is because this is a special place to come win and win big. It's like nowhere else. And that's the challenge before us. Um, the, the, the only thing that made this a hard decision for me a little bit was there was one thing that made it hard and that was my locker room. <laughs> my locker room down the street where I had the incredible privilege of working with those fine young men that are chasing their dreams. And when you work with a team, you form a bond that, that supersedes everything else. And um, those guys came there and they trusted us and what they've accomplished over the last several years has been truly extraordinary and it was the only thing that made this a difficult decision for me as coaches we have this incredible gift of these young men who come to a school and they they sit across the table from you and they slide their trust across the table and they give it to you and they say we're going to block out all the external noise that we get pounded with and all the internal noise that comes from us. And we are going to put, I'm going to, as a player, I'm going to put my trust into you and your staff. And that gift is like few others in life. And it really is a treasure and it's the great honor of coaching. And so I like to talk all the time about shepherding these young men. Um, and I use that I choose that word very carefully. Now, um, I shepherd maybe a little different than the classical shepherding. I think a lot of times in practice when things get really heated or in a game, my guys might look at me and be like, Coach, you're shepherding way different than we were taught before. 
But, um, but that's what we do with this young man, and, and it's what we'll do here as a staff at BYU. Um, we will be wholehearted. It's an important word. We will be wholehearted in everything we do. We will be relentless every minute, every day, 24-7, chasing excellence on this team, relentless, and we will be together. And in all those ways, it will be our goal to represent this university and this community in a way that all of us are going to be extraordinarily proud of. And my deal is think about what you think we can't do as a program. Think about it. Let me know. And that's what we're going to go do. That's what we're going to get done. So with that, I think, are we doing questions? Okay, I can take any questions. Yes. What are you going to do for assistance? So uh, I'm already actually pretty far down the road with assistance. Um, so I, I have four things that I really care about in a staff, okay? One, I care that my guys are 24-7 relentless guys. Two, I care that my guys are fully capable of working guys on the floor and teaching them the game and enmeshed in their life because it's core. This is about these young men. Three, I want coaches who are really, really hungry and chasing their own careers. I want coaches that want to move up through the ladder. And four, I want coaches that are 100% loyal, loyal to these young men, loyal to the program, loyal to the staff, and loyal to the university. So those are the things that I look for in a staff. I have uh, been blessed to work with a great staff at UVU, and I think we have some really good ideas about where we're going with that. Thank you. Yes? John Kim, Associated Press. Uh, Coach, just looking at, at your tenure at Utah Valley, are there specific <coughs> things that you learned from your first head coaching job that will kind of help you with your second one in, in establishing the program you want at BYU. Yeah, so I learned everything, right? Because I knew nothing before I went. So I learned so much. Um, you know, I, I think that the core principles stay the same, right? I think you keep this about these young men all the time. Um, in fact, this, this profession, like I think everything else we do, it's easy to get lost in kind of the madness and the pressures and all the stresses and all the distractions. And when you do that, Leanne and I talk about this all the time, when you do that, you, the, the, the profession seems to have less meaning and it starts to go sideways. And you always have to come back to these players. So making it about these young men and their growth and their accomplishment and, and their confidence is, is paramount in everything we do. Um, I think we'll carry on some of the things that, that, that I, I, I really loved at, 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 at UVU. I think we'll schedule really, really aggressively. I think we'll be fearless in everything we do. I think we'll take our lumps and we'll jump back off the mat and with confidence go on to the next battle. Um, uh, I think our team will be a team that's not afraid of failure, that's afraid of not growing. That's what we're going to be afraid of. We're going to be afraid of not growing, right? And so I think all those focuses and many more will be important to what we do. Yes? Jay Catch, the Zone Sports Network. Do you feel you have the adequate resources to do everything you want to do here? Um, so the resources here are extraordinary. Um, and so, yes, I do. I think we have the adequate resources and more important. And if, if you're talking about adequate resources, certainly there's the financial and facilities resources. It's all great. But I think what's extraordinary here is the people resources. And I, that starts with Tom and with Brian and all the way down the chain of people that are so dedicated to the growth of this program. I think our resources, resources here are extraordinary. Yes. Jeff Call Desert News. 
Could you talk about your recruiting philosophy, particularly when it pertains to BYU and kind of what your focus will be? Yep. So, um, one of uh, my staff, some of my staffs here, they're, they're unbelievable uh, from UVU. And, and what, one of the things that we learned over the last four years is that we, we've actually started recruiting way different. And so, um, while most of the country is recruiting kids by um, telling them that they're the greatest and they're going to be a starter and they're going to go to the NBA, uh, we've kind of taken to the approach of, of being directly hard-nosed, honest with these young men. And it turns out to be a great filter. So. The guys that actually make it to our program are guys that really, really want to be there. They want to come get what we are offering. And so you talk about recruiting philosophy. It is just for us, it's 100 percent transparency. And the reason is, you know, listen, I would love to have uh, the, the top five ranked players in the country come to our program every year. but. But more importantly than that is, is we value the insides of these kids, and we need to find young men that are really talented players, that have big dreams, that have unbelievable insides. And so that honest, transparent conversation from the get-go is really important for us. Yeah. Mark, what was the value of the four years you spent here at BYU when considering a return? Yep. Um, well, I, you know, listen, this institution is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. It is like no other place. And so... Um, so I think there, there's some incredible value to being here and getting to feel it and kind of see the insides of it and, 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 and kind of the understanding of what you're getting into. Um, you know, there's an old saying in coaching that, you know, you choose the problems you know rather than the problems you don't know, right? And, and in terms of changing jobs and, and moving on. Well, um, you know, I was really blessed to, to know the problems where I was and, and know that there really are no problems here at BYU. I'm Aaron Pissner with the Daily Universe. How do you plan on connecting with a group of players that aren't your recruits here at BYU? Yeah, so we, I just talked to the team, and um, the, the first thing I said to them was, I was like, hey, guys, you know, you're in the unfortunate situation right now of having to play for a coach that you didn't choose. And so the, my first job is to recruit them. And, and recruit them the way we recruit, which is to be transparent and open and honest with them and see if they want as individuals, each individually, if they want what we are offering, right? And then to go from there and work it out. So um, I, I, think we, I think we have a good chance to win over these guys. Um, I think that these guys, I know several of these guys, I actually, the way things work here at BYU, I actually recruited several of these guys. And so we have long-standing relationships. So I anticipate that, that, um, that we're gonna have great relationships very quickly, uh, and there might be some guys that, that choose that this is not exactly what they, what they want, and if, if that's the case, then we'll help them find what they need somewhere else. Yeah. Mark, you talked about uh, Darnell Dix in the Daily Herald. You talked about uh, the meeting with Tom and Brian on the yeah. Marriott Center floor. What was the process after that to reach your decision? Well, uh, I, I tease Brian, we probably spent, I don't know what the count is, maybe 13 or 14 hours together. I'm really not, uh, maybe 12 something like that 
And if you know Brian, he's so passionate. Brian can talk. The problem is, is that I can talk too. So we had a bunch of late night rendezvous and, and kind of exploring and of course spent a lot of time with Tom and then, and then uh, was, was really honored to spend some time with, with Matt Richardson and, and I should probably say Vice President Matt Richardson, right? Is that more appropriate? And, uh, and President Worthland and then, and then um, of course had the distinct opportunity to, to go to Salt Lake and, and have meetings up there and, and um, so that was, that was the process. Speaking about recruiting, you view you brought in a lot of transfers. Are you going to focus your recruiting approach nationally? How are you going to go about that? So yeah, so uh, we're going to have to cast a really, really big net. Um, the one thing about BYU is in some ways we have a, um, you know, you have a pretty early onset filter, right? So, um, so we, we, we'll, we'll cast our net throughout the entire country and, and, and around the world. Uh, we have the capability here to do that. We have the resources to be able to go do that. And so that's something that we'll be really excited about. And it's just going to take a, an inordinate amount of work and time to do it. And that's what we do best. That's what we do. It's 24-7, around the clock, relentlessly chasing it. And so I am incredibly confident that we will be able to gather uh, put together rosters that are going to exceed expectations. You know, one of the complicated things here is sometimes it's it, it, sometimes BYU can be a little bit less nimble than other places in terms of turning over a roster, but that's a challenge we welcome. On the flip side of that, I think it gives you unbelievable strength. It gives you the chance. Right now, the whole world of college basketball is swinging on this pendulum. And certainly, we, we were at UVU about, hey, we're t getting old and staying old by taking transfers, and, and, and we're going to have little continuity to our program. We're going to turn over. You know, I graduate six, six guys every single year, it seemed like, at, at, at UVU. Um, here, I think you can actually maybe lead the trend back, right? Maybe lead the trend. Be like, hey, the reason why we're going to be really successful is because we're going to put together teams that actually come in as freshmen. They stay together and fight together for four years. And I think, you know, you saw it in the NCAA tournament. You saw old teams that had been together for a while. And I think that there's a chance to kind of buck the trend and have great success there. So we'll take a shot at that and everything else. Yes. Mark, as easy as you can, Dick Harmon, Desert News, because easy as you can, could you describe your philosophy offensively and defensively? Yep. So uh, as simple as I can make it, uh, offensively, we'd like to be as aggressive as we can with our roster, and defensively, we'd like to be as aggressive as we can with our roster. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jay Drew, Salt Lake Tribune. Mark, did you talk about this job with Coach Rose? Uh, after he retired, and if so, can you share what he might have told you about it? Yeah, one of my problems is that I don't have a good filter, so I'm going to get us in a lot of trouble. So I don't know if Coach is okay with me saying this or all, but we had a chance to sit down at the Final Four. You know, the Final Four is this magical place for coaches where you just get to go see all your guys from all over the country and and, com and commiserate about the things they went wrong and brag about the things they went right and, and brag about the things they went wrong, too, because you've re refocused them as things that went right. But, um, but I got to sit down with Coach. I love Coach so much. Uh, what Coach did here is it's, it, it is beyond extraordinary what he accomplished here. It really is. And I had the great honor of working for him. And just like all the other coaches that I got to work with that were incredibly successful, I got to steal a bunch of stuff from him. And, um, and, so, and, and he's been a great friend and, and mentor, too. So I'm super grateful for him and, and uh, look forward to, to um, you know, him taking me out to lunch some more. <laughs> yes. 
What did it take to take a UVU program that was around 320 in Ken Palm when you got there to become a top 100 program? And there's maybe not as much room to move with BYU, but what, what's a realistic expectation now here? Um, so so I, I don't really deal in realistic expectations. I don't believe them. Why be realistic, right? I mean, that's not, we weren't realistic when we took the job at UVU. In fact, I had an administrator when we took the job at UVU that said, hey, whatever you do, you can never play BYU ever. It'll just be the death of the program. And so that was dealing with realistic expectations. I don't like them. I don't think athletes deal in realistic expectations. Why, why would we go to realistic expectations? Like, let's go win big or let's crash and burn, but let's go do it, right? Uh, I mean, I, I just think that's real. And I'm not trying to put, over, put o, 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 too much pressure on, on our team or where we go, but, but I'm not, I, don't, I don't like to deal in realism. That's why I'm in sports. Yeah. Gonzaga, of course, is a... National contender year. They're year fine. Five. They're good. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have to do to compete with them yeah. in the West Coast Conference? So, you know, I, I don't know that I really think about picking one team and saying, can we go compete with them? I think you do. I think you have markers, certainly. Um, but but what, we, what we're going to think about is we're going to be thinking about how can we build the greatest product that we can possibly build at BYU. We spend a lot of time focused internally. We, you know, and that's what happens when, when you're as relentless in, in developing your players as we are. It just takes all your focus. When you're as relentless recruiting as we are, that's, everything is focused inward way more than kind of chasing you know, some, some group out there. Certainly, you know, uh, you know, we want to go beat the Zags and everybody else in the WCC and everybody else in the country, right? And um, I'm not sure if that's realistic, but that's what we want to do, and that's what we're chasing. And, and obviously, what Coach Few has done up there is like beyond like you know what coach few has done he's done something nobody believed he could do right and 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 he's a he's a he's a he's an extraordinary human being and he's done an excellent job and and uh so it will bring us great pleasure to beat him yeah uh jackson payne daily universe uh what would you what are you looking to accomplish in your first year that you can in a year look back and say you had a successful uh first start number one i'd like to not get fired Okay, so that's always the number one goal. Uh, number two, right now, uh, you know, I, I, it's hard for me to see more than a day ahead. I want to win over this team, and I want this team to capture the vision that we have and the commitment that we have, right? I want this team to feel a renewed vigor and a renewed intensity. And, and number three, we got to recruit really hard. So if you, if you ask about markers, you know, those, that's kind of where we're starting. And then, and then you come back in, in uh, November, and I'll give you some, some, some better markers for it like to do an accomplish in the season. We have time for two more questions. Yes. Yeah, Sean Walker from KSL.com. Uh, how important was it for you, Coach, because we followed your career, obviously, since you were here through UVU, everything, but how important in taking this job was it, the, the chance to, to stay local and maybe to, you know, keep your wife and, and daughters happy and that sort of thing? Was, was that a big deal for you? Well, I actually received a text message from, from Leanne at the Final Four because we had missed some communication as, as, as we were running around that said that she wasn't going to go anywhere with me if I didn't hit her back right away. So so maybe that was really important. I'll tell you what, you know what, there's something about this. I said this, there was something real in my heart 
about that feeling. And I don't know how to explain it other than the thought crossed my mind is like, where do you want to win the most? Where do you want to win? Where do you want to go win more than anywhere else you want to go win? And you know where you want to go win? You want to go win in a community that is your family and friends and loved ones and people that that are aspiring to great things and a community like this community that is has this incredible entrepreneurial spirit about going to chase big dreams. Like this is this this is exactly where we're supposed to be right now. So it had a lot to do with, with staying here for a lot of reasons, including maintaining my marriage. <laughs> yeah. um, you've, been, you've been in a lot of places as a player and as an assistant coach and as a head coach where you've had good player development. What, what, what's kind of your focus and philosophy when it comes to developing players, you know, not only at the college level, but potentially for pro careers? Yeah. NBA and whatever. So, uh, you know, in it, you know, I'm not very smart, okay? But I am relentless. I will keep knocking on the door and knocking on the door and knocking on the door. And I have staff like Coach Burgess is here today with his wife Lisa and and you talk about a guy that can develop bigs. It's extraordinary what he's done at our place. Um, and it's it's by relentlessly being there every single day looking at film every single day, being on the court every single day, teaching really simple principles over and over and over and over and over again until be, they become comfortable in habit and not getting distracted by trying to get a big game or trying to do something else, but doing a few things great. All those things play into it. We're huge in analytics. We love them because, uh, because basically if, you, if there's any accountants in here, you know you can cook the books to say whatever you want to say as a coach, and that's what analytics do, right? So. If you want your player to do something, you can find some numbers and say, hey, you need to do this, right? And, and I also believe they can really steer you. Um, we actually have a four-pillared approach to, to player development, which is not going to be interesting to anybody in here, but maybe we can talk about it later. Thank Good. you, everyone, for coming. Thank you, guys. Listen, hey, can I just finish with this? So, one, appreciate you guys being here. Two, appreciate your support of this extraordinary university and this program. And three, like as we try and climb this mountain that is so steep and so difficult, the only way we can do it is by doing it together. I hope that we can all feel a part of this together. Like let's do this together. We'll celebrate together. It's going to be really special. This is going to be really special. So thank you guys for being here. There you go. Mark Pope, new BYU basketball head coach. And Sean, I think after about two and a half weeks, BYU fans, I don't think they could be any more pleased with how things went for BYU. That's just my take. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think the BYU fans should be very pleased with how BYU went about this. They got their guy, and he's motivated to be here. And even if he does have those aspirations that people talk about of going to a bigger and better level, well, guess what? If he does go to a bigger and better level, that means he's done good things here in the, in the, in the time he's been here. Does that make sense? Yeah, if he, if he can do anything comparable at BYU, to what he did at Utah Valley, then I think there are only good things in store for this program and this university. Yeah, absolutely. I think it would be it would be great, and the the comparisons aren't necessarily um, apples to apples because UV was at such a different level when he took over there versus what he's taking over at BYU. But like you said, if he does what a similar in relative fashion to what he did at UVU, you're right. It's been, it'd be a massive job. All right, Sean, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us. What, any other final thoughts from you on this hire or any thoughts on BYU basketball as a whole you haven't expressed so far? 
just pretty much that, Jake. I, I think that BYU identified their man and they got their man. There were moments when it looked like maybe they wouldn't get their man. Um, but I think Mark Pope is, is dedicated to this program. I think he's dedicated to this community in particular. He wants, if he's going to leave BYU, um, I, don't, I don't know if he's a BYU lifer. Uh, but if he's going to leave BYU, he's going to leave them in a better place than where he found them, than where they are yeah. right now. Um, and so I think that's a good thing for BYU fans. That's certainly something that they can hang their hat on. Um, and and it's it's just it's a reason to be excited. It's a reason to be optimistic about this basketball program. I know two weeks ago when Dave Rose retired, there wasn't a whole lot of optimism because... <laughs> You know, I well, mean, they just missed the postseason yeah, for the first time in forever. Yeah. yeah, and they're coming off of back to back to back years without an NCAA tournament invite and, and all that. Um, I think this is the shot in the arm that this program needs, just in terms of energy, in terms of chutzpah, in terms of booster and recruiting interest. Yeah. I think Mark Pope, Mark Pope is going to be a good thing for uh, this BYU program. And dirty little secret, and stay tuned. I'll tease this out for. Okay. Loyal readers of KSL.com, I think it'll wind up being a good thing for UVU as well. Ooh, I like it. I'll be I'll be paying attention. You can check out Sean's work at KSL.com. Like he said, he does a great job covering local sports, particularly teams here in Utah Valley, BYU, UVU, and the like. Sean, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join me today. I'm sure we'll do it again soon, but thanks for taking the time. Encourage people to follow you on Twitter. You're at actually DSW, correct? Or at KSLcom Sports. Yes, KSLcom Sports, yeah. KSL.com Sports exclusive Twitter feed, so check that out. All right, Sean. Until next time, thanks again for joining me. Thank you. All right, that's it. That's the Locked On Cougars podcast for today, a podcast special edition. Thanks again for joining us. Reminder for you guys, when you are on about Please use your smart device. Tell it to play podcast Locked on Cougar. Stay up to date. You can check us out on the Himalaya podcast app, a brand new podcatcher. Also find us on Google, uh, the Apple podcast, and also Spotify. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Really does help out the podcast. Uh, teasing this like I did just the other day. Caught up with Corbin Kafusi. We're going to play that interview here for you. I, hopefully tomorrow. We'll see what happens. If any other news comes out, BYU basketball, we may push it to Friday. But I had a great conversation with Corbin Kafusi about his recovery from injury, his NFL prospects, and the like. We'll be into that. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again for joining us here on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.